is Express FM. Supported by Portsmouth College. We are passionately pumping. Look forward, work together to create a Portsmouth football club that we can all be proud to be associated with. Pure, unadulterated pumping. It's a massive club, it's a massive opportunity for me. I know this atmosphere is special. I can't wait to see you at Full House and it rocking. Action and reaction. This is a huge football club. We're here to be hopefully successful. The infrastructure is changing. So really we want to start pushing forward and making Portsmouth a real force. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's a club with a rich tradition, a rich heritage, but one that has an excellent relationship with its supporters. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate, is Portsmouth. A fourth goal in blue for Aidan O'Brien was almost enough to secure an important win over Bolton Wanderers. Harness on the left-hand side, away from a challenge, dead four line, Harness, can he pull it back? He can, and it's put in the back of the net, and Porton have the lead, and Aidan O'Brien sends the Pompey fans away to our right, wild. But former Pompey target Kieran Sadia was on hand to equalise from the spot to ensure the points were shared in midweek. Gavin Bazunu, the only man who can say Portsmouth now. Sadia steps up, strikes it right-footed and scores. And Bolton find themselves level, one one, Portsmouth one. Later on, we'll hear the thoughts of Danny Cowley, who pinpoints what needs to improve going forward. We got into lots and lots of good moments and just the final decision or the final execution let us down and we certainly have to have a little bit more conviction in that instance. We'll hear the pre-match thoughts of the Blues head coach between now and seven ahead of tomorrow's trip to Cheltenham. And we also want to hear from you back home tonight. Get in touch with all of your concerns, questions and predictions here on 93.7 Express FM. You're listening to the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and welcome along to yet another instalment of the show, which is being brought to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South, driving you through Hampshire and along the South Coast with ease, with frequent and reliable services at an affordable price. Head to stagecoachbus.com for more details. We've got 60 minutes of pure and passionate Pompey discussion coming your way tonight. I'll be introducing my two guests shortly, but first, a reminder of how you can have your say too. Either text your name and message to 81400, starting those with the word express. Email pompey at expressfm.com. You can include at expressfm on Twitter or visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Whilst you do that, let's remind ourselves of the action from Tuesday night as Pompey made the nine-hour round trip to the University of Bolton Stadium. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shooting scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. Bolton's usual home colours are white shirts, navy blue shorts and white socks. They will go from right to left, that is kicking towards the end, the south stand, which contains the following contingent of Portsmouth and we are underway. Bolt come down the right-hand side. Apollard, always a danger, breaking into the penalty area. Square ball, loose shot, blocked one by Raggett and then Thompson on hand to stab it out. But worrying signs at the back for Portsmouth there. Nil-nil. And now Apollion breaking forward for Bolton. Lays it off on the right-hand side. Chances across from Sandia to come in. Bazunu should claim it. Good goalkeeping, good hands initially. And then he dropped the ball when everyone thought the play had ended and picked it up again. All ragged slips as he tried to clear it. And Apollion picks it up for Bolton in the box. Trying to work it on his right foot. Laid off the edge of the area. Shot. A decent chance. 
and Morley sent it well wide of the target, not threatening for Zunu's goal, still 0-0. Harness looks at it, strikes it straight into the wall, it'll fall back to Morel, trying to lift it back in the middle, surely there was an offside flag there against O'Brien, it doesn't go up, and Pompey play on, and Harness on the left-hand side, away from a challenge, dead ball line, Harness, can he pull it back? He can, and it's put in the back of the net, and Porter have the lead, and Aidan O'Brien sends the Pompey fans away to our right, wild, great work from Harness, he pulled it back, laid it on a plate for Aidan O'Brien to put the ball in the back of the net and Bolton unsurprisingly complaining for an offside flag that they're not going to get Bolton nil force of the one plays it to her feet Carter into the penalty area what a run from Aidan Carter can he find the finish no it's blocked still chance there Jacobs magnificent defending and Pompey has to settle for a corner kick it's still 1-0 Chunga goes out to John on the left hand side space to come forward for Chunga pumping his arms and legs to get on the ball and goes down to the penalty area and the referee points to the With 15 minutes to go, have got themselves a penalty kick. Gavin Bazunu, the only man who can save Portsmouth now. Whistle goes. Sadlier steps up, strikes it right-footed and scores. Bazunu got a hand to it, but he couldn't keep it out. It was right in the corner. And Bolton find themselves level. One one Portsmouth one. Harness for Pompey, looking for Carter in the area. Good play. Carter shoots and it's just wide of the post. Trying to curl it in with his left foot. He's got his head in his hands. He can't believe he's not scored. 1-1. One, one. And that's the final action of the game. It's a result which doesn't do much for either side. Playoff chances. A number of players down on their haunches. You can tell physically everyone's given everything. But ultimately not enough for either side to come away with three points. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. And looking elsewhere from Tuesday night, Charlton Athletic were held to a one-all draw away at AFC Wimbledon. Wickham picked up a 4-1 win at Cambridge. Fleetwood and Lincoln locked horns and were held to a one-all draw at Highbury Stadium. MK Dons were 2-1 victors over Crew Alexandra. Crew can be relegated this weekend with the defeat and results going against then Morecambe were 2-1 winners over Oxford United Wigan 3 Atkinson Stanley nil, and of course that one will draw uh, between Bolton and Pompey up in Horwich looking at the table then Wigan remain top of the tree they're on 83 points unbeaten in six matches having played 39 games MK Dons have leapfrogged Rotherham United into second place. They're now on 82 points, but have played two games more than the Millers, who are in third with 80 points. Plymouth, Sheffield Wednesday and Wickham Wanderers make up the rest of the top six. It looks as though it will be the Pilgrims who secure a playoff position. They're currently on 77 points and seven points ahead of Sunderland in seventh place. A lot of sevens there. Pompey remain 10th in the table, now 12 points adrift of the top six with seven games remaining but with two games in hand those two games in hand are however against Rotherham and Wigan so don't hold your breath look at the bottom end of the table then like we say crew rock bottom they can be relegated this weekend Doncaster 23rd Wimbledon 22nd and Gillingham 21st and Morecambe jump out of the bottom four they're currently on 38 points and one point clear of the drop zone okay welcoming in my two guests for tonight's conversation first and foremost delighted to welcome onto the show it's blake o'neill blake a very good evening to you 
happened to you, Jake, as well. Nice to be back. And uh, also joining us uh, from the Portsmouth News, they've let him go uh, yet again. Joining us uh, on what is set to be a monthly feature, uh, we have Sam Cox. Sam, once again, great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me on, Jake. We'll start off uh, t- t- to Tuesday night, then, of course. We've got a big game to, to review and pick apart. Blake, first of all, we'll talk about the goal, the Aidan O'Brien goal. That is his fourth goal in a Pompey shirt since signing from Sunderland back in January. He's out of contract at the end of the summer. We'll come on to that in just a moment. But tidy little finish after a decent little move with Marcus Arnas on the left. Yeah, definitely. I think he was the man that played it to him, wasn't he? Started and finished the move off. Bolton fans do claim he was offside, but I mean, they, their player defender kicked it first. So, in my opinion, it's a fair goal. Uh, O'Brien, perfect place, perfect time, and more importantly, just sign it. <laughs> yeah, and, and we'll talk about the goal and, and perhaps the possibility of it being offside. Sam, of course, Blake mentions there. The defender got a touch before it went back um, to, to Marcus Harness on the left-hand side and then played into the middle. But you know, the, the offside rule is, but if it comes off a defender um, and it's not, you know, it, if, if it's accidental and it's it, it's offside, but if it's an intentional touch from the defender, which it was because he attempted to clear the ball, then no matter where Aidan O'Brien is in that position or any of the Pompey players down that line if they're offside it doesn't matter because the intent was to clear that ball so Aidan O'Brien getting himself back into an onside position when the ball was eventually played into Marcus Harness so no doubting by the rule book that it was a a legitimate goal you could sort of understand why Bolton fans and indeed Ian Everett the manager might be a bit frustrated with that yeah definitely I mean by the letter of the law it's a goal and, and rightly so it stood um, it's, it's the rule that I think Ian Everett is probably more more frustrated with I think him and Danny Cowley had a, a chat after the game and, and they're both in agreement that the that the rule is is probably a bit more frustrating but like you say Aidan O'Brien got himself back into the right position did, wasn't worried about potentially a, a, a linesman's flag going up dropped into the, the perfect position and, and was there to, to stick it in that's four goals in ten appearances yeah. for him now he's been absolutely brilliant since he's since he's come here and I think Blake's right I think it's, a, it's an open goal of probably don't offer him uh, offer him a new contract yeah you mentioned uh, sign it just sign it Blake it, is it as simple as that it, it, is Aidan O'Brien has he got to be a Pompey player next season it looks likely the Blues are going to be in League One still a championship position next season looks far and, and gone at the moment but Aidan O'Brien a valuable squad player you mentioned there four goals in ten matches a very decent asset it would be if we can keep him on a free in the summer yeah definitely I think the, when we got him Sunderland paid pretty much paid us to take him so whether it's an issue of financials to get Aidan to stay is going to be the thing that's going to be the, the hurdle I reckon I think Aidan's happy here from what I've seen him say obviously the fans are loving him He's a very good technical player, the player you need in the penalty box as well. It's what what we've needed since January and he's come and improved what he can do. In my opinion, he's got to be in the top five, maybe top six players for us to be signed in again in the summer. What does Aidan O'Brien, in, in your opinion, Sam, offer that perhaps other Pompey strikers this season haven't quite been able to do so? But like, so, you know, even George Hurst still at the club, but you know, referencing back to John Marquis, Ellis Harrison, what kind of improvements can you see in Aidan O'Brien's game that you didn't quite see in the other players? Well, he's certainly more mobile on and off the ball. We know that we've seen Danny Cowley's system for, for over a year now on the south coast, and he needs players who, who can press the ball and harry and, and, and run themselves into the ground. First and foremost, that's what Aidan O'Brien gives you. Second of all, when he's got the ball at his feet, he's got that brilliant technical ability to, to turn the defence he can he can hold it up, he can run into the half spaces as Danny Cowley likes to say and 
that, that's the striker they've been missing. You know, John Marquis, as we've seen, but he, he went obviously, him and Ellis Harrison went in, in January uh, to welcome Tyler Walker and, and O'Brien in, and, and you can see why that. that Pompey made those decisions. You know, Tyler Walker has struggled, but Aidan Bryan has hit the ground running, and you can see that that he's much more suited to the system that Danny Cowley wants to play. And uh, he's probably brought the best out of George Hurst as well. He, you know, since he's come in, George Hurst, I think he scored five goals across March, was the most out of any other player in all top four of England's uh, professional divisions, which just goes to show how how he's benefited from having someone like him alongside him. So he brings other players into the game, but is yeah. also there and, and clinical when he's needed to, to be called upon. Yeah. Um, a text here from uh, sorry a tweet from Mike uh, who says well to the best of my recollection we've only beaten one top half team away this year so, uh, same uh, Wickham might be wrong uh, but I can't think of another one yeah I, from, from my recollection Blake I think it probably is just Wickham that we that Pompey have managed to beat away from home this season it, quite concerning that you know, you're looking to mount a promotion push, a finish in the top six, but if you can't beat the teams above you or indeed around you like Bolton on Tuesday night, it's all very well beating the teams at the bottom, your crews and your Doncasters and whatnot. But if you can't beat the teams above you, you're not going to finish above them. And that is the bottom line. And that ultimately seems to be Pompey's downfall this season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I can say myself, I've been at all these away games at the top six clubs. One that stands out for me was Rotherham. Yes, I know they're in the top three, but they've proven to be beatable by many sides. We went there and lost 4-1. It's just games like that are the games that let you down in a season. The squad depth maybe isn't the best, but the 11 on the pitch have got to turn up for these big games. You know, Oxford away, I think, is the exception to that. We did lose, but that was one of the best performances I've seen those boys put in this season. Mm. We lost late, but at least we dug in and gave it a performance. And yeah, Wickham away, the only win. Not exactly good. No. What, what do you put that down to, Sam? Is, is there anything that you can see with the naked eye watching Pompey this season that you can kind of definitely pinpoint as, as a kind of factor as to why Pompey can't beat these teams away from home, these, these big sides for teams that you want to be beating around you to try and beat to these promotion spots? Is, is it as simple as this is what you can pinpoint the blame to or is it just one of those things you can't quite put your finger on? It's one of those things you can't quite always always quantify there's obviously been there's reasons for defeat in, in and and not picking up those wins in in each of those games you look put it down to individual errors you look at what happened away at Plymouth you know Louis Thompson's been fantastic all season or, or from the half season when he's come in an uncharacteristic mistake where he's been robbed of the ball and, and Plymouth go and score and it's kind of been that's in the tone you know the the individual areas at the back there's obviously been some teething problems from players trying to play out of the back and, and they've been caught on a few occasions but you know one of the big troubles that they've they've had all season is, is putting the ball in the net you know I, I allude to Plymouth again you know after going 1-0 down they, they put a lot of balls into box had a hell of a lot of endeavour but they didn't really travel the goalkeeper enough and I think if you look at the three games I think it was Ipswich away Plymouth and then Wickham at home that three run I think it was only two shots on target across all three games I think that's I think that tells you the problem I think they've been defensively solid it's going forward and, and breaking these teams down who obviously have great defensive stability as mm. well and it's just carving out those opportunities and, and when they fall you've got to take them and unfortunately they haven't been able to do that consistently this season mm. and just reflecting off that as well Blake because I think kind of a 
majority of Pompey fans would, would perhaps agree with the fact that this season Pompey's defence has not quite let them down as much as you know the attacking players have. As Sam mentions, they're breaking down teams such as Ipswich, Plymouth, and Wickham over the last few matches. We we suddenly went on a run of, of eight games between February and March where we're averaging three goals per game, but suddenly that's all gone and we can't we can't hit a barn door with a banjo. Uh, is it as simple as in the summer? Is just replacing personnel. Does there need to be a tactical change from Danny Cowley in the setup for Pompey? Which of those would you kind of dictate that down to? I think it's probably a bit of both, to be honest, Jake. Um, there's players in that team that, especially attacking-wise, don't quite cut it. But equally, some of the things we do, I, I mention things every single week on the terrace that you're watching us go forward, and every single time it's look behind you, look for a pass. When, as a matter of fact, you have, if you had a player like Ben Close on the edge of the box, I know maybe he wasn't the greatest, but at least he was willing to have a shot. It's just like George Hurst was trying his best on Tuesday night, but not necessarily when he needs to. But when they need to, like we had in the first half, a good counter-attack, mm. got through, needed to just shoot across goal, but instead we stopped, turned around and tried to play the ball. It's just a case of getting some personnel in that are willing to to take the shots on and, and get the shots on target if not goals Yeah. in terms of equaliser Sam uh, deep into the second half Pompey of course having that lead for a short period of time but Kieran Savia uh, stepping up from the penalty spot undoubtedly a penalty can't, get, mm-hmm. can't be put those sorts of challenges in the 18 yard box when you've got a 1-0 lead no I, I actually think Hayden Carter was, was a little bit unfortunate I think Kachunga runs around the back of him and and I think he probably just catches him on the blind side and, and, and he, he makes contact and trips over his leg I don't think Hayden Carter does a hell of a lot wrong but as you say the contact's there Kachunga goes down and, and it's undoubtedly a penalty mm. what is interesting though is that Kachunga apologised to, to Nicky Cowley the way he went down after the match shortly after so I'm not too sure if uh, if, he's, if he's seen the contact and he's, he's yeah. been a, a smart striker which which they can do and he's, he's played for the contact and gone down I know Danny was, uh, was unsure as to if it was a penalty but of course he, he will say that in his in his persuasion but from the naked eye when I saw it it was definitely a penalty Do you think perhaps you mentioned that, you know Kachunga being a, a smart striker there and, and, and seeing the fact that there's going to be contact so he's going to go into it and go down do you think in some essence that's what Pompey had been missing over the last couple of seasons you want to play nice you want to play within the rule book of course you do but do you think Pompey have been just a little bit too soft, a bit too honest at times? I think too honest. I wouldn't say soft, but I think definitely too honest. Um, it's it's one of those things you've got to have that smartness in, in your game and have that little bit about you, a little bit of bite and, and grit, which, to be honest, we have seen at times this season. Um, uh, I can't recall a pinpoint moment, but you've seen that creep in with, with the Cowleys. They've, that's something they want to, to regiment as well, add that little bit of a, of a dark side to their, to their teams, and we've seen it come through, it's just not quite yet, there yet, but if you look at Kachunga, you know, he's a very experienced striker, yeah. you know, he's played in the Premier League for Huddersfield, um, I think Cowley had him at Huddersfield when he was there for a short time, so he knows all about him, but it's just one of those things, an experienced striker, if you look at the front line of, of Pompey this season, has been quite quite not naive but but young you look at George Hurst and, and players like that they're still very much learning their game so yeah if you add that to your, to your game that obviously can mount up to a few points but yeah there, there's been times where they've been honest this season but there's nothing wrong with that but you just need to add that little bit of uh, a little bit of grit into the team yeah uh, we've still got some messages to read out after the break and keep getting your thoughts into the panel as well we'll be coming to them very very shortly
shortly to all the usual ways it's at expressfm if you're on twitter you can email pompey at expressfm.com otherwise visit facebook.com forward slash pompey live and of course you can text your name and message to 81400 starting your text with the word express okay when we return we'll be hearing the pre-match thoughts of blues head coach danny cowley ahead of tomorrow's trip to cheltenham town we've been talking a lot in this first part of the show about pompey striker aiden o'brien and danny cowley also mentions him in his interview i think aiden's done great just coming with a infectious energy and enthusiasm um, we really love the way he looks after the ball and you know even look at his goal on tuesday night it came from him just taking care of it protecting it really well linking with marcus and yeah he's added a lot to the group and also some important goals which is good to see stay right where you are and join us again in just a few moments time here on the football hour this is the football hour 93.7 express fm a very good evening and welcome back to tonight's installment of the football hour here on express fm driven to you this season by stagecoach across the south you can download the app now from either the apple app or google play store just search stagecoach uh, in your relevant app store you can look at the latest timetables and fair information as well Tonight, I'm joined alongside Sam Cox from the Portsmouth News to talk about uh, Tuesday's one-all draw with Bolton Wanderers. We'll also preview tomorrow's trip to Cheltenham Town. We'll weigh up the possibilities and the chances of Pompey reaching the playoffs this season. And we'll also talk of, uh, about a few transfer rumours as well. Blake O'Neill, uh, Pompey fan, goes to every game. I don't know if he's mentioned it yet. <laughs> Not quite. Uh, also on the show with us, uh, Blake, we, we spoke about uh, before the break the summer that's coming up for Pompey we mentioned it's likely going to be another League One campaign for the Blues next season mm-hmm. sixth year in the third tier a lot of murmurs on social media about the kind of expenditure the kind of finances that's being allowed into the playing budget over the last couple of seasons a sixth season in League One is it potentially time to just loosen the purse strings a little bit more to ensure we finally get out of this division well, it's, it's obviously a very, very big question amongst the Pompey fan base at the minute. Everyone's saying something about it. Uh, I think realistically, to get out of this division next season, it's going to be harder than any division yet. This season was hard enough. You know, next season you've got Derby coming down, potentially Reading, uh, Peterborough back down most likely, and I think it's Barnsley, the other team in that um, relegation battle as well. They're all coming down. You've got Forest Green coming up, who are a very good footballing side. You've got Exeter most likely going to be coming up as well. Other clubs like that. Port, Port Vale as well, yeah. Clubs clubs like that. All good football in size. We need to be not out, not necessarily outspending the likes of Ipswich and teams like that, but we definitely need to invest somewhat in our playing squad. And I do, again, get that we had to invest in the stadium or we would have been in a situation like Barnsley where with the, with the uh, stand having to be closed. Mm. But we have to shift some of, some of the uh, investment onto our budget to at least give Cowley some good talented players and a squad big enough to avoid what we've had happen this season with squad depth hmm. very good answer uh, it, it is a difficult question to answer as well Sam because if you do reference back uh, and we were mentioning it all the time because quite quite factually it's true back in 2017 when the Arsenal's put their pitch to the Pompey fans and the supporters trust it was a case of look, whilst we're in League One we're not going to focus too much financially on, on the, the, the playing side of things hmm. but more so on the stadium the infrastructure of the club which they have done so. You know, we've got proof in the pudding that that, that has been that has been happening. But there does come a point as football fans, not just Pompey fans, as any supporter up and down the country, 
you just want to see more success on the pitch. You, you do get impatient as a fan. And when Blake mentions, you know, the likes of the teams coming down, we've had in recent years, Sunderland, Sheffield Wednesday, Ipswich, they're finding it very difficult to get out of this division. You've got Derby to add in the fact next season, possibly Reading as well. Very, very big teams coming into this division. It's just going to get harder and harder. At what stage... Again, we're not owners of a football club. It's hard for us to answer this. But as supporters, what what stage do you just kind of think there needs to be just a little bit more emphasised on the playing pitch? Because otherwise, we're not going to get out of this league. Money doesn't guarantee you anything, but it it kind of does. Yeah, I think I do think it's worth mentioning that they they have put money in elsewhere in other departments, as as Blake rightly yeah. says. Um, if you look at the the financial reports that came out, they've put money in as equity. They name loans to the club, so that they they have invested in, and the club aren't indebted to the owners. But as you say, you know, as all football fans, you share the frustration, and and you can see that you know everyone believes in what Danny Kelly wants to do, and you, and you do feel that he's just a little bit m- more away from from implementing uh, ideas that could see Pompey, you know, further at the table than they are this season. Yeah, and and success isn't bought overnight and isn't instilled but the worrying thing is obviously last summer it was an acceptance that okay it was a big turnover of, of players uh, going into this season as a transition but I think they're, they're kind of doing the same again this year I think there's 12 players out of contract in the summer they're going to have to sort that out before going into, into the transfer market again it's something worth saying that I think the ownership in, in, in cases they've Back the manager in terms of paying yeah. transfer fees for yeah. players who have to look back in January. Denver Hume, you know, they, they paid a transfer fee to Sunderland to, to bring him to the club. Joe Morrell in the summer as well, so they're not alien of doing doing so. And, yeah. and and it goes to show that they're they're happy to to do it as and when. But again, the frustrations are, are quite right. And I think Danny Cowley at times have also been a little bit frustrated. I think question marks over the, the fact they couldn't sign free agents following the January transfer mm. window was was raised when Cowley said it's not possible for them to do that. You know, the question mark remains over that as to, as to why. But, you know, th- those cases, they've shown that they, they will do it. I think it's just cases, like you say, doing yeah. it a little bit more often just to just to pad the squad out. You know, there's been times a season where they've been down to 14 players, 13 outfield players. You know, for, for a club that wants to be and should be competing within the top six, that, that's probably not enough players. But Danny says he likes that. He likes having a smaller squad. Is that is that a little white lie? I wouldn't say it's a white lie. I think it's just um, I, I think I think what Cowley likes to say is he'd rather have a small squad with quality yeah. rather than the bloated squad with, yeah. with the less quality. But I think if you ask any manager, they're always two or three signings away, True. even when they make four or five <laughs> signings. So I think any signing is welcome, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that just got to wait and see into the summer. We, we know that Danny Cowley's mentioned in, in the in the last couple of weeks to, to yourselves at the news as well, and our colleagues uh, uh, from BBC Radio. So as well that perhaps there was more funds available in the January transfer window but he's being allowed to hold that back for the summer uh, and add it on to the budget that's going to be allowed for next season as well so we can we can hope that there, there might be a little bit more um, in the summer from a playing perspective but yeah absolutely spot on you can't hide away from the fact that money has been pumped into the club that we are free of debt to be owners but the important thing is we, we've got a club I know some are perhaps sick of hearing that, that kind of phrase but it's true given the financial status of, of many footballing teams up and down the country at the moment Derby mentioned earlier being one of those Reading as well um, it just just goes to show where you can be on the other side of the coin um, you, your, dad, your dad has got in touch Blake oh dear I think he shares the same opinion as yourself um, unless money invested in playing budget we will be in League 1 for years to come or oh, God forbid League 2 I think that's a bit that's probably a bit extreme yeah, there. Yeah, a bit extreme. Uh, we can't keep going on getting loan players and getting players, but no one else wants. That's from Paul O'Neill on Facebook. In terms of loan players, 
Blake. Um, it's something that you know all managers would like. In League One, unfortunately, you're in that kind of division where you, you can't necessarily get top quality Championship or you know even even Premier League youngsters on permanent deals because their parent clubs simply will not let them go. Unfortunately, in these divisions, loans are just part and parcel of of trying to get out of this league. It's not just Pompey; it's Sunderland, Ipswich. It's very difficult to get these top quality players penned to permanent contracts sometimes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we ourselves, not just this season, but in Kenny Jacket loved a good loan deal, didn't he? Uh, even if they weren't necessarily young players, he, he still loaned them in. But equally, you've got to try and loan some out. We've, we've talked about the academy in many, many times before as, as fans and what's going on with it. Maybe we need to try and get them through and loan them out. But equally, loanies coming in, we have to look. and we so, Sometimes they're going to cost more than others. And sometimes clubs won't necessarily make them available. But you look at the Miguel Aziz deal. We brought him in, whether it was as backup or whether it was as to be a first-team centre-mid. He didn't quite cut it. But then we, he was allowed to go back and we never replaced him with someone else. Hmm. So that that was just a problem. Yeah. I'm not saying we should have replaced him with another low knee. But you have, you do have to look, look at Gavin Bazuna. The perfect example of a low knee who's worked. Yeah. And you never fall in love with a lone player either, Sam. Pompey fans, we've made that mistake before. <laughs> ben Thompson. Ben Thompson, yeah, exactly. Uh, Gavin Bazunu, probably one of those as well. But I think with Gavin, uh, as Blake mentions there, fantastic service he's offered to Pompey this season. We will only see another seven games of, of Gavin Bazuna at Fratton Park unless he visits from a, a, another team next season. But he won't be a Pompey player next season. Danny Garley pretty much confirmed that on the show last week. Top quality player. And it goes to show that the loan market can be very, very useful because we would not get a goalkeeper of that quality in League One otherwise. No, def- definitely not. I think Bazuni's been one of the outstanding players this season. I mean, it's, it's obvious to, to everyone who's seen him over a prolonged period of time. I think some of the saves that we've seen him make, it always sticks in my mind. I think it was Morecambe at home um, in December. But the game was done and dusted, but he was still he pulled out an outrageous save. You know, hepped it onto the bar. I don't know if many people can recall that, but he's as a perfect perfect example of the the loan market absolutely working to perfection. The worrying thing with loans is that they should be used, really, in my opinion, to supplement the squad rather than to be relied on. Yeah. Um, and and to be to be honest, I think they've relied on them too much this season. If you look at Marlon Romeo, obviously he started off pretty well. Uh, it's sort of petered out a little bit. Um, but then obviously Gavin Bazunu as, as as well. So yeah, and, and obviously we've now seen seen Hayden Carter too. So there's been some uh, been, been been some fantastic loan deals that, that Pompey have, have benefited from. And yeah, it's just uh, going to be uh, interesting to see who who they have to. Because as you say, you know, clubs in League One they they have to you know bring in these players. One, it's great experience for the player individually, but also you can unearth some gems which which Pompey have definitely done this year. Hayden Carter, another one. You mentioned yeah. Gavin Bazunu, Marlon Romeo, player which Danny Carley, he's mentioned it in, in press conferences recently. He'd love to have at Pompey next season. We, we've got you in from the news today to talk about transfer rumours. Hayden Carter, from what you gather, is that something likely next season or not? I think the only way it would, would, would come to fruition is if it was another loan deal. And that, obviously that now depends on, on, on Blackburn. Uh, he's only he's still got two years left on his on his Blackburn deal, and everyone can see who's seen him in in royal blue that that uh, he's obviously playing at a very high standard, most certainly top end of League One, arguably Championship quality. We know that Danny Cowley would like to keep him next season. That's that's a given. I think Hayden Carter would would wouldn't need too much persuasion to, to come back, and so then it's just down on on plans for Blackburn. Yeah. You know, when, when he came into the club, Blackburn were. 
looking to, to battle for automatic promotion to the, to the Premier League and that would probably have opened the door had they had done so for him to come back on loan now they, they've sort of dropped off a bit you know the playoffs aren't out of the out of the question for Blackburn they can still get promoted but if they do stay in the championship which is looking likely then then you wouldn't begrudge them no. for, for keeping him and using him next season that's for sure Sam we'll be back with you in just a few moments time my friend we'll be back with Blake as well we'll talk about some more uh, potential transfer rumours coming out uh, of the Portsmouth news as well because you like to churn out a good transfer rumour or two don't you like to whet our appetites uh, but first, we're going to hear the pre-match thoughts of Blues head coach Danny Cowley. He spoke with Max Swatton at the Pompey training ground yesterday afternoon. Danny, it's been a couple of days. How do you reflect on the Bolton game after watching it back? Well, I think for us, it's always great to be able to watch it back and, and take learning from it. Um, we were pleased, like I said, with the level of performance. Um, we got good control both in possession and out of possession. We were really pleased with how we, we hunted the ball down, the amount of turnovers we got in their half, the way we disrupted their rhythm. Um, I think we were really pleased with our with our counter attack up until probably the final action, and definitely we got into lots and lots of good moments. Um, and just the final decision or the final execution let us down, and we certainly have to have a little bit more conviction in 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 that in that instance. Um, and we were also pleased with with our our positional attack. I think we um, we we were able to take really good care of the ball. We were able to take the the ball off of a good opponent um, and and ask a lot of questions of them. So, so no, it was a good away performance. We felt at the time that it was a game that we deserved to win and I think having watched it back, um, we still feel that way. Aidan O'Brien, the goal scorer, had such a bright start to life at Pompey and he's still flourishing now. How impressed are you with him? Yeah, I think Aidan's done great, just coming with a infectious energy and enthusiasm. Um, we really love the way he looks after the ball. And you know, even look at look at his goal on on Tuesday night. It, it came from him just taking care of it, protecting it really well, linking with Marcus. And you know, if you pass the ball to Marcus in the area, he's very very difficult to stop. And you know, a great assist by him, good movement from Aiden to, to to give him a simple finish. And yeah, he's um, he's added a lot to the group. Um, and, and also some important goals, which is good to see. You mentioned about his character and personality, which obviously helps in the dressing room. What's the atmosphere like around there and the training ground as well? I think it's good. You know, we had a had a had a late night on 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 Tuesday. I think we got back back to the training ground well gone four o'clock in the morning so we, we had a later start today which just gave us the, the opportunity for the for the players to get a full night's sleep um, but we came in as we always do take, to learning from, from the game um, and and then and then trained and, and you know our preparation for, for Cheltenham is, uh, is well underway we, um, we know the game is going to be a very different game um, I think you know we played a certain system against Bolton, which we thought would 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 hurt them and maybe exploit some areas we felt that we could exploit against Bolton, and, and I think it worked. Um, but the Cheltenham game is very different. The, the pitch dimensions are different. The opponent is different. Um, it will require different a different formation and, and maybe some some changes to the personnel as well. How important is it to have that adaptability in your side? Well, I think this is what you want. You want to have a squad where you you are adaptable and you can you can flex and, and and change because you know that in League One every challenge is very very different and we know the strengths of Cheltenham. There's a lot to respect. I think they're a really well coached team. I think Michael Duff over a long period of time now has done very very well. Um, 
they're a together group they've had the promotion last season and you can see a determination and resilience and they're never beaten and yeah there's a there's a lot to admire and we know that for us to 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 win the game on on Saturday we're going to have to be our very very best how much of a different position are we in compared to when we played them last time at Fratton Park in November yeah, I think the team has, has evolved, hasn't it? You know, we've we've only lost once in eleven, um, but in, in recent games we haven't been able to find the wins that we that we wanted, um, and and our ambition is is always to try to win. Um, but no, I think I think we're, we've evolved in terms of personnel, and I think that this group is getting a better understanding of each other, better understanding of of the game idea, and as a consequence of that, we're we're, we're able to find find consistent performances like I said on, on Tuesday for us it's always you know to, to to take learning and I think one of the biggest learning from Tuesday is why we didn't win because we played well and we played well enough to win but ultimately we didn't and we, we feel that if we, if we can have a little bit more conviction in 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 the final third then then we would have turned Tuesday's good performance into a into a good win and, and ultimately that's the the aim on on Saturday. You said earlier about possible personnel changes on Saturday. How good is it to have that op- that option? Well, we know we're a tight group and a small group, but but yeah, these are the the the, the most flexibility we've had in terms of personnel since probably the end of August. So so it's good to be able to to have that um, going into what is going to be a really busy schedule. On you know Saturday we we play and then we play again on Tuesday and again on Friday and then again on Bank Holiday Monday. So the games are going to come thick and fast, and we absolutely need to utilise the the players that we have available um, and try to pick the right partnerships and the right combinations for each opponent. There you go, the pre-match thoughts of Pompey head coach Danny Cowley ahead of tomorrow's trip to Cheltenham Town. That is the game myself, Sam and Blake will be on hand to preview in just a few moments' time. We'll also go through a few more of your text tweets and emails from back home as well as the latest transfer rumours out of Fratton Park as well. Join us again for the conclusion of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM. Brought to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Time is running out for you back home to get involved with your uh, thoughts, your questions, your concerns and your pre-match score predictions as well ahead of tomorrow's trip to Cheltenham Town. All the usual ways, 81400 is our text number. Start those with the word express. You can email Pompey at expressfm.com. Tweet using at expressfm or find us over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey live and uh, on Facebook some moron and I'm allowed to call him a moron because he's my friend uh, Lee Davis uh, says uh, we should have signed Defoe we missed a trick there I don't think we did Sam because he just retired from there from playing for Sunderland after they signed him on a free deal back in January didn't quite get the best out of him did they retired after what four or five games I don't think it was that was it I it think wasn't even was that. it two starts no. I should be careful of what I said, Lee. He's also my manager at work. But, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad we didn't sign Jermaine Defoe. Hindsight is a wonderful thing. But I think even if he hadn't retired, perhaps not quite uh, what Pompey were looking for in January. Thank you for getting in touch, uh, Lee. Dave, on the emails, the more you look at Danny's summer recruitment conundrum, the bigger it gets. For 20 players for next season would seem to comprise two goalkeepers, eight defenders, nine midfield players, including four wide attacking players, and a solitary striker. For 20 also includes Raggett, O'Brien, Reed, Hackett and Dewitt White who will need to agree new contracts if they are to remain. 
Out of this, do we see Callum Johnson, Hadji Minoga, Liam Vincent, Harry Jewett White, Jaden Reed, and Jay Mingi either remaining at the club or featuring as regulars in the match day 18 for a side capable of achieving promotion? If the answer is yes, then okay, let's hear how it plays out. But if the answer is no, then surely we'll have to send them out on loan or allow them to move on permanently. Therefore, is it uh, therefore possible that the 20 could easily become a lot less by the time the dust settles on contract renewals and players moving on? Will recent injuries count against players? when it comes to making a decision or on renewing some of those contracts this question could apply to several especially as we don't have the budget to waste Danny has suggested six new players it is possible that this number could, ex- could ex- exclude loan sorry and be closer once again to double figures another season of transition ahead Dave Inlis could be Sam could be but as fans again because that's what we are at the end of the day you, you judge a manager as a minimum from free transfer windows and this coming up is Danny Cowley's third transfer window so it's going to be a big one regardless of where the Blues are currently with players situations yeah for sure and, and he's Danny Cowley's not been away from the fact I think he cited three transfer windows when he first came in as, as of his makeup to success um, the, the summer transfer window was one of immense change January was was trying to build a squad to, to push the squad to, to the playoffs and now this is a, a huge transfer window for, for him and the club it, you know it, it has to be said when you look at the, I think one of the emails said about the, some of the players who, who are coming back uh, some of them obviously don't have contracts beyond this season you look at someone like Callum Johnson I think was mentioned there I've, I've, I hardly I'll be surprised to see if he's still at the club next year same with, with Paul Downing who they loaned out to so there are some players who, who already signed sealed and, and probably won't be here but they do have big decisions to make with, with players they have at the moment luckily they've got a, a cushion with, with some players who, who have extension extension clauses within their contracts so they don't have to worry too much and, and they can take a bit more relaxed approach but there is some in there who look at Sean Raggett as a prime example his his contract extension clause is, is capable of of being triggered on promotions to the championship well, you know as we've, we've discussed uh, <laughs> discussed today and you know, it's looking increasingly less likely that, that Bombay will be in the championship next season so they'll have to enter fresh terms with Raggett I think the same with same with a couple of players Rico Hackett I think he's got a, a, a clause extension but I think his wage will, will jump quite yeah. significantly yeah. and the club will probably rather renegotiate that than, than then hand that straight away so there's some big decisions that have to be made on the squad they've got at the moment and obviously they'll, they'll need players to, to replace those especially the five loans who go out so as as we've all, all mentioned is a, it's a huge summer window let's talk about transfer rumors sam this is the part we all like transfer uh, window rumors and stuff who who do you think or who based on reports from reports of news that you've seen over the last few weeks who have pompey got lined up don't say ben thompson well ben thompson will be available on a free if he can go down oh. but we'll, we'll refrain from talking about him of course um <laughs> <laughs> the 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 players that stick in my mind, I think Jordan from from the news revealed it a few weeks ago. They're, they're still very keen on Jamie Lindsay from from Rotherham, the central midfielder that they tried to get on on deadline day. Uh, the deal couldn't come to, to fruition for for one reason or another. He's very much on on the list of priorities. Um, that that's it at the moment. I think there's a player that they they admire. Um, they obviously need a central midfielder too, as as Blake said. They didn't replace Miguel Aziz, and, and then they got very unlucky with the injuries to, to Sean Williams and other players in the, the in the department. So central midfield would definitely be somewhere that they're looking to to strength 
and I think we spoke about it just before coming on to the show a player who who uh, the travelling fans will be able to see tomorrow Will Boyle at the back at, at Cheltenham yeah. uh, centre half that again linked with very heavily in January they decided to explore a different option in, in Hayden Carter and rightly so um, because Will Boyle ticks a lot of boxes this summer his contract expires Michael Duff has, has already come out and said he's resigned to losing him in, in the summer for free a player you can put two and two together and, and think okay but we could be a player that we see next season obviously he's got a hell of a lot of admirers as well yeah. you know he's not just Pompey who'll be in for him I think Sheffield Wednesday and a few others have been linked as well so he'll be hotly anticipated to, so for him but you look at the departments who they might be light on you know no no significant names but it doesn't take a, a genius to say they probably need another striker yeah. a right back most definitely at the moment beyond this summer they've only got Kieran Freeman contracted to the club mm. Callum Johnson, as I said, isn't going to be here next season, most likely. And, and Marlon Romeo looks set to go back yeah. on on back to his parent club in in Millwall. So you can pinpoint the areas they'll need to strengthen. And now the question mark is getting the right players. So centre back, right back, striker. You could probably pinpoint every position on the yeah. pitch. Goalkeeper, you know, Alex Bass will come back, but there's been a reason why he's been sent out alone. Obviously, can yeah. dislodge Bazunu. So yeah, there's lots of uh, activities to be done. And uh, but the two names that come to mind at the moment: Jamie Lindsay from Rotherham and, and Will Ball from from Cheltenham. Yeah, Alex Bass mentioned there. Blake, I know we've not seen too much of him this season. Been on on loan out at Bradford in League Two. If it comes down to it next season, would you be comfortable with with Bassey as Pompey's number one? Well, I mean, he's definitely proven himself in the past as a very, very good backup. But he's yet to come into a first team and stamp his place, other than when he dislodged McGilvray after a, a number of mistakes just before COVID hit. So I think may, maybe he would be a good fit as a number one, especially as he wouldn't cost us anything. But I think that's not the first option. I think we do still have to look. And just going back away from Alex Bass quickly, another player that wasn't mentioned looking at you mentioned Boyle from Cheltenham but you didn't mention Alfie May now I know he's not out of contract in the summer but he scored 21 league goals this season second top scorer in the league very very good finisher fast paced striker why not have a look at him as well especially as we're coming up against him tomorrow very very competent striker there yeah and we'll hear more from Alfie May in just a moment with this week's opposition with Mason Jordan as well but of course you've got uh, Matt Jay as well from Exeter mm -hmm. player uh, Sam who who in the summer will be hot on the hills and the target for, for a lot of teams probably in League One Matt Jay would he fit the mold would he fit the mold would he fit the kind of Danny Cowley ethos that he's trying to go for at the club if Pompey were to go in for him I think so. I think he's obviously a player with with, with great ability. Um, probably ticks the, the, the transfer boxes, the strategy that the the, the club are trying to implement with with trying to identify emerging talent, bring them to the club, you know, develop their their ability and, and sell them on. Um, I, you know, Matt Jay's has been a fantastic player for Fraxters. Seems to like to score against Pompey as well. I think he scored. Uh, in, in the Papagons Trophy uh, in the in another dramatic game against Exeter this season so you know he's no stranger to, to the club but it's very it's quite easy to pinpoint these players on paper you see the goals they're scoring rightly so you know Cheltenham the, the step from Cheltenham to Pompey is you know with no disrespect to Cheltenham is, is quite the leap and it would definitely be a a, a, a attractive move but the, the problem is there'll be other clubs in for these players yeah. and we know that the strategy that Pompey are looking for do they tick the right boxes can they lure them to the club when you've got big hitters like Sheffield Wednesday and, and Ipswich I think if you look at the, the expenditure that they're released 
from the FA not a couple of weeks ago agent fees alone those two are absolutely astronomical in, com- in comparison to the rest of the league so they've got that spending power behind them and that sometimes can, can get you know their, their names ahead of the queue so yeah definitely names to, to mention but it's sometimes hard to try those types of deals yeah okay so Cheltenham Town the opponents for Pompey this weekend at Wadham Road it's a three o'clock kickoff uh, in Cheltenham tomorrow afternoon Mason Jordan has the lowdown on this week's opponents Seven games remain for Bumpy to try and get something out of this season. Tuesday's draw with Bolton further dampened any hopes of a top six finish. And Chapman Town are next up for the Blues in match day number 40 of this League One campaign. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. Danny Cowley's side are now winless in four following the midweek stalemate at the University of Bolton Stadium, where Aidan O'Brien's opener was cancelled out by Kieran Sebia's equaliser from the spot. 12 points now separate Pompey and the playoffs with just three weeks remaining of the season. Let's take a look into the side hoping to pile the misery on for the Blues and secure their own League One survival, the Robins. Manager. Cheltenham are led by 44-year-old Michael Duff, the Northern Irishman who had a 20-year playing career at centre-back, of which eight years were spent with the Robins, has been in charge of the side since September of 2018. This is Duff's first managerial job having retired from playing in 2016 following over 350 appearances for Burnley over a period of 12 seasons. Since his appointment, Michael Duff has overseen 81 wins from 198 games as well as promotion as champions from League 2 last season. One to watch. Watch out for the player wearing number 17 for the Robins this weekend because that shirt belongs to wide player Matty Blair. The 32-year-old fullback has proved to be a threat in the Football League for a number of years now, previously running out for the likes of Fleetwood, Mansfield and Doncaster Rovers. Blair has accumulated 50 league appearances since his arrival from Donny in the summer of 2020, contributing to three goals, all of which have come this season. He has been involved in 80% of the minutes played by Cheltenham this term, just missing three matches. Top scorer. The accolade of top goal scorer at Cheltenham belongs to striker Alfie May, who has bagged 21 league goals this season, as well as three more in cup competitions. The 28-year-old, who joined the Robins on a permanent deal from Doncaster in 2020, is currently second in the goal-scoring charts for the whole division, behind Ross Stewart, who has found the back of the net 22 times for Sunderland. He's on good form too, having scored in six of his last seven appearances. Goals and assists stacked together, May has contributed to 42% of goals scored by the Robins this season. So if they do find the back of the net against the Blues, it's likely to be a result of his work. Current form. Cheltenham's first season back in the third tier since their relegation from it in 2009 has gone very well. At present, they sit 12th on 51 points with five games remaining. This weekend, the Robins could guarantee their safety in League One. Even a defeat could secure their status in the division so long as Gillingham failed to win at home to Wickham. Despite this, Michael Duff's side are without a win in the last three games, although Pompey haven't won in the last four themselves. Last time out, Cheltenham scored two goals beyond the 90th minute to come back from 4-2 down 
and nick an incredible four all draw and Accrington in what was undoubtedly the game of the day in league one last saturday can the blues get back to winning ways or will it instead be cheltenham who come out of the blocks fastest all of the unmissable action on pompey live Thank you to Mason Jordan there for taking a closer look into tomorrow afternoon's opponents. Cheltenham Town, match day number 40 for the Blues this season. Very tough game coming up. Sam, going to ask for your score predictions because we are running out of time here on the Footblower Pompey. Away at Cheltenham, how can you see this one going? I'm going to say they're going back to get back to winning ways tomorrow. I'm going to go confident 2-0 to Pompey. Confident 2-0 to Pompey. Blake, we fear a resurgent Cheltenham side who, as Mason mentioned there, four-all draw last Saturday with Atkinson Stanley having been 4-2 down, scored late late on 90th and 96th minute at the Crown Ground to secure that 4-4 draw. Can Pompey find a win, finally, after four winless or, or not? I'm going to say I hope so. Getting up at six in the morning, I'm hoping I get back in at half ten. On the back of a win, I'm going to say three-one Pompey. You going to the game, Blake? Didn't I didn't realise you were going to the game? Do I? <laughs> Thank you, Blake. Thank you to Sam Cox as well for joining us on the Footblower tonight. One final tweet in or, or email rather, Graham Wilkins. Hi, Jake. Hi, all. As you said tonight, season's all but over in regards to the playoffs, but the Blues still have a say in who goes up and have a lot of pride to play for. I'm going for a two-nil win tomorrow, according to Graham Wilkins on the emails. I'm going to go for a two-one Pompey win at Warren Road this weekend. Okay, you can join us here on. Express FM for all of the unmissable action this weekend as Pompey take on for Robins away from home. Match day number 40 of this League One season. The playoffs are still possible, but it's highly unlikely. Join us for all of the unmissable action tomorrow. Myself and Robbie from two. All the unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. Pompey could only manage a 1-1 draw with Bolton on Tuesday night. And that's the final action of the game. It's a result which doesn't do much for either side. Playoff chances. A number of players down on their haunches. You can tell physically everyone's given everything. Next up, a trip to Cheltenham Town awaits. Join us for all of the unmissable action Saturday from 2. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aquacars. Elsewhere in League One this weekend, AFC Wimbledon at home to MK Dons. Bolton take on Sheffield Wednesday. Bertha at home to Plymouth Argyle. Walkham travel to Cambridge. Doncaster versus Crew Alexandra. But keep note, Fleetwood, they're at home to Atkinson Stanley. Gillingham at home to Wickham Wanderers. Lincoln City host Wigan Athletic. Oxford against Sunderland at the Cassam. Rotherham versus Charlton Athletic. Shrewsbury versus Ipswich. And of course, that game at Wadden Road. Pompey away to Cheltenham Town. Sam Cox from the Portsmouth News thank you very much for joining us on the Football Hour tonight thank you for having me on mate thank you and Blake O'Neill travelling to Wadham Road believe it or not tomorrow afternoon Blake thank you for joining us <laughs> thanks for having me again mate safe travels tomorrow afternoon and of course to all of the Blues fans travelling to Gloucestershire this weekend ok coming up here on Express FM this weekend of course tomorrow morning you can catch Ian McGuinness from 8 through to 11 with Saturday breakfast Lily Park is here from 11 through till 2 with your guilty pleasures a tiny quiz about the week news and just great songs of course as well Pompey Life back from 2 through until 6 o'clock myself and Robbie James alongside a third special guest for the visit to Cheltenham Town can Pompey get back to winning ways find out from 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon Connor Mosley is up next with Express Floor Fillers joining him after the news at 7 but until Monday until the next time Pompey fans have a fantastic weekend take care and stay safe good night <laughs>